Hey you, my entrepreneurial friend. Of 10 years of running my coaching business, I am going to finally teach business. And of course, I'm going to teach business with human design. Because the thing that I've discovered over the last decade is that the way everyone else taught me to run a business didn't freaking work for me. So over this last decade, to create a multiple seven-figure business, I've broken all the rules. I have done everything my way. I have looked experts in the face and downright said no, all to create something I love with greater ease and flow that literally is changing the world. And the best part is it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like I get to hang out with my best friends and I am having a huge impact on the planet at the same time. So if you own a business that you want to finally maybe start, grow, or even scale, then come and join me on the 9th of May to discover how your human design can create the most beautiful, authentic success for you. For all the details, follow the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Human Design Podcast with me, your host, Emma Dunwoody. I'm a qualified master coach and human behavior specialist, as well as being a qualified human design coach. And I work with clients every single day to answer the big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what is my purpose? I also assist them to transition from the person they think they should be to the person they really are on the inside. I teach people how to actually live their design instead of just knowing it. And if this is something that you want to do too, well, stay tuned or reach out for private coaching or human design unpacks where I show you exactly how to live your design. Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Today, I'm so super excited because I've got my astrologer and friend, here to teach you all about planets. I'm going to go through all of my gates. He's going to teach us about the planets so you can see how to apply this in your own chart and life, of course. So I just want to let you know that the Human Design Mastermind is filling and it's filling fast. Now, you don't have too many more days to join. And so far, we have people from Germany. We have people from Australia. We have people from the US. We have someone from England. We have got people from all over the world and there's a number of projectors in the group, people. So come on, Manjans, come on, generators, come on, reflectors and manifestors, get in the group. Now, if you're wondering what the mastermind is all about, it is the deepest dive into human design all in one place that you're going to find anywhere. At the beginning of this program, you're just going to be like um, a hobbyist when it comes to human design, but by the end of it, you're going to be an expert, not only with yours, but with your entire family, with your friends, and if you're a coach with your clients. You are going to create not only a name for yourself as an expert, but you're going to be able to create income from it as well as setting yourself free. Oh my God, it's the best. So please do not miss out. Now, it's time to get into the podcast with my friend, Rick Michael King. Hey, hey, Rick Michael King, he's here. My astrologer is in the house. day, my friend. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. So, so good. Um, yeah, what the hell? What's going on? 2020, it's a bit of a mess, man. Far out. What's not going on? <laughs> <laughs> it 
is just a mishmash, reset, smack it up, flip it, rub it down. It's all over the shop. It is properly crazy. And it's so properly crazy because of those planets up there, right? Absolutely, yes. Uh, where they are, who they're dancing with, uh, what position they're going, the angles they're making, the signs that they're in and the, uh, you know, centuries of space between where they are now and the influence they're having. It's pretty phenomenal. It's exciting times. Yeah, it is exciting times. And like we've spoken about at length, people, you know, that we really have this choice right now. We can either focus on where we've been um, and all the the challenges that we're going through, or we can focus on the possibilities. And if you've listened to the last podcast that I did with uh, Rick Michael King, which was in December of 2019, when he talked about what sort of a shit show this year was going to be, then you would know that the word that he inspired us all with was possibilities. So focusing on the possibilities for 2020. Whoop, whoop. So today, what we're going to do, everybody, is we're going to go through all of the planets. Um, We are going to unpack them, basically. So I've got my gates. Um, Rick is going to bring us what we need to know about each planet. And then between the two of us, we're going to blend it together and give you an example of the meaning that creates for me in my chart so that you can be doing the same thing while you're listening. So get your charts out, people. All right. So let's start. Let's start with a good old sun. Tell us about what's the theme that the sun gives us? The sun. Okay. So the reason why you are a Gemini or you're a Cancer or you're a Sagittarius is because that's the constellation or the sector of the sky the sun is in at your time of birth. Now, we refer to the sun because it's our life-giving star in our solar system and life-giving being one of the operative words. The sun is about life force, creativity, fun, bright, uh, romance, all those things that bring us pleasure, uh, but all those things that light us up too. And the sun represents our core traits. Oh, I love that. I love that. So my sun is in gate 37. Okay, so gate 37 is the gate of friendship. It is also, um, it's about family. It's about, um, you know, creating those family environments. It's about the need to create something bigger than myself um, and the ability to make people feel at home. So how do you, how do you think that blends with, this, with the sun? Well, that's actually a really good placement uh, for the sun in your gate 37 to do with friendship and family. Uh, How I see you in particular, how that comes through is your ability to make people feel comfortable and relate to people on their level and whatever their level is. I think that's a really great placement for it. It's bright. You're a bright, sunny person. You even look like the sun. You're shiny, happy, your smile. It's a really good placement for you there. And I think that relates to it as in being that bright area for you. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And because we talk about our um, our sun being like 70% of what we show to the world, is that right? That's right, yeah. it's uh, It would probably be a little bit lower 
and where our rising wheels have a rising sign too. I'm not sure if that kind of comes into it for uh, human design, but it is a big percentage of the, the natural inclinations we display. Yeah. And what's really cool about this is because it's very much like, this is how I create my business, you know, like, um, the first example that comes to mind is my first mastermind crew. Like we've created, I created this crew and like, I kind of didn't do anything. I marketed and I attracted people, but they are tight, you know, like they still catch up every week and they're still on their journey together and very much, um, you know, I create family within the people who work with me within the business. I create this family relationship with my friends. Um, yeah, it's really important. And it is that empowerment to um, not only for myself, but for others to be like, let's do something bigger than ourselves. Let's be a part of something bigger than ourselves. I love that. Okay. So tell me about the earth. What's the theme of the earth in our energy? So with regards to astrology, the earth would be the epicenter. So all of the, even though in our solar system, the sun is at the center in astrology, it's actually the earth that's at the center with all of the planets going around and their energies bombarding or impacting directed onto the earth in the middle. Yeah, right. I love that. In human design, we kind of talk about it as our grounding. Is that the same? It would be. Yeah, it would be. Uh, uh, so earth and grounding, it's where I guess we were like an electrical current really being earthed. This is the planet where those energies from those other planets Earthed. Oh my God, I love that. That is the best metaphor. Like, because we talk about it as grounding and balance, and that's exactly what it is. It's being earthed. Ah, oh, I love it. Um, so my earth is in a gate called gate, it's gate 40. It's called the gate of aloneness, but it is actually this energy of um, providing actually for the family, um, for providing for the community, providing for the tribe, you know, doing all of the, the things that I do to. Um, you know, provide for the world. But then it says, actually, I need to now be alone. I need to be alone. I've done my part. So I need to let go, like letting go is a part of gate eight, uh, gate 40. So I need to let go of that now and take this time for me. So, I mean, to me, it seems obvious. Do you want to just share how those two, how you see them working together? is quite nurturing where you do nurture but there's that tough love kind of approach as well where you step back and you also let things happen and you need to step back to recharge and regenerate as well as the earth needs to regenerate too so what a great placement for that yeah yeah i totally agree i love that i think one of the big things for me is this is 100 percent how i earth myself is that i i have a lot of energy i go at things i'm always creating as, as you say, this environment, I'm always teaching, nurturing, providing. But the thing that I had took many years for me to learn is this aloneness, you know, like I am technically, I'm an introvert. I get my energy from being alone. Um, but I also get so lit up by being around other people. So I think one of the things for me with human design and with my earth being in gate 40 was just like, oh, this is my permission to go, yeah, bye everyone. I'm just going to shut the door on you. I'm done here. So what a great complimentary of having your son in the gate that it is with the friendship part, allowing you to light people up and be around people, and then having your earth in your gate 40, which, you know, you'd step back and you need that time alone. That's quite a good balance. It's quite a good equilibrium. And that providing, that word provide, also goes well with earth as a planet in that gate 40. 
Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And you know, it's cool. It's actually, it, you're spot on because they're actually um, um, opposing partners. So we have, some of our gates are opposing each other. So 37 and 40 are those two that they're, they're opposing partners. Um, and we're going to move into the North Node. I've got the same in my North and my South Node. So tell us, first of all, um, for me, I've, I kind of understand my North Node. I think I've got a good understanding of the North Node, that this is and um, what I've been taught is it's kind of like the promise. It's the promise that we've made. This is the thing we're going to master in this lifetime. This is the thing that we've got, kind of got to practice. Tell me about what it actually means. Yeah, for sure. Corresponding with that, it is the direction to go in. It's that what lies ahead. It's that path that we should be taking and moving forward towards. So the possibility or the opportunity that lies ahead to work towards. Yeah, I freaking love that. So my North Node is in a gate uh, 34, which is the gate of power. So this is for the manifesting generators out there um, the, that have the 3420. This is a big gate. Um, it's the gate of the multitasker. But it's also this, it's, it's this energy that's very busy responding to life. Like it's the power of uh, basically response, of being able to respond to a lot of things, do a lot of things. The power also relates to independence, like physical ability to do things, mental ability to do things, and the ability or the power to influence others. So in my North Node, how do you, how do you reckon those two work together? Well, well, it definitely is a direction for you to go in. So if we're to relate it to what you're doing now, human design is definitely a tool of empowerment for what you've been able to tell me about my human design and how it has actually empowered me because it's either shown me something that I didn't know or given confirmation to something that I did. And either way, that's given me a source of strength and and empowerment as such. Mm-hmm. So it's a great direction that you're going in particularly to do with your purpose and mm. your career and yeah. what you are here to do for others. Yeah. And I think that's really cool because if I think about it from the North Node theme, um, and we've had this conversation, like this wasn't something I just woke up and started doing. Like this is something I've had to work hard on. Like I've had to practice over time and invest my energy and definitely move outside of my comfort zone. So that really relates to what you've said about the, the North Node. And also, in, and that relates to the astrological part of it too, because, for example, my North Node is in Scorpio and I am a Scorpio. So, and we're going to, I assume we're going to get onto South Node, but that's mm-hmm. where you come from. So I'm heading in that Scorpio direction. Now, I wasn't born as a Scorpio with a North Node in Scorpio because I've mastered it. It's not that at all. It's skills that I pick up along my journey and along my path that are meant to be if that makes sense yes ah that does it makes so much sense and i think that's it right so it's it's almost like you've committed to doing it but Mm. it's this growth like you're going to be learning on that path oh yeah (laughs) yeah 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 cool so explain to me the south node the south node for me i feel like um i hear a lot of people talk about it's the thing we fall back to it's the thing we know well it's the thing that we've learnt Um, or experienced in other lives like can you talk to what the south node is spot on yes south node is where you've come from south node are the energies and the skills and the experiences that you have picked up from previous existences so if we use my uh, astrology as an example my chart i've come from a lot of heavy taurian influenced backgrounds so accumulation of money of wealth 
all things of worth, you know, being material, materially comfortable, um, delving into the five physical senses. I've come from there. So it's easy for me to fall back to those, let's say, comfort zones, <laughs> which Taurus resembles. So your south node, yes, is your karmic debt or what you've already accumulated and fall back to as a matter of comfort. Yeah. Yeah, and again, this so resonates with me. So my south node is in um, gate 20, which is the gate of the now. And this gate's very much, A, about being present, um, but it's also very much about manifesting in the now, like knowing what is right and correct and what needs to be created in the now and taking action in the now. Um, so, yeah, I'm just thinking how, like, what, what patterns do you see? I'm trying to see how that fits together for me. How I would see that fitting together for you is a skill you have to help you empower, okay, so your south node skill that you have to help you north node empower is to live in the now. Now, that's what a lot of spiritual teacher, teachings talk about, isn't it? Living in the now, being present, and that is how you will empower people, helping oh. them be present, helping them live their design, helping them know their design and work with it each minute moving forward. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love that. I so agree. And I really, you know, one of the things that I have, um, you know, in healing and letting go of my ego, you know, my ego would always try to control. Well, it's not even my ego, actually, because I've been so conditioned to learn from other people and learn other people's ways. So I would, let's say, take marketing. I'd be like, okay, I've got to plan all this stuff and I've got to plan it out. I've got to do that. Whereas I'm so much better in the now, you know, like I'm so much better just responding to the world that I'm in. And yes, it's my, that 3420 channel I've got, I'm definitely designed that way. But I do love that the South, I love the way you said like the South node empowers or supports that North node. Like absolutely, because it's also my go-to. Like my, if I, when I'm fully in my power, I'm 100% present. You know, it's the moment that I get out of the now that I'm like, ah, you know. Exactly. And what I found with mine too is that when I set impressive challenges for myself, so i.e. moving away from that comfort zone, that south node Taurus, when I set impressive challenges for myself, I bring out the best in myself. Yeah. So stepping away from that comfort into uncertainty seems to bring out the best in me and as an added bonus, I gain extra skill and extra personal knowledge about myself too. So there's yeah. how that can balance out and help to work with each other. Yeah. Like. Oh my goodness. I love that. That's so cool. Oh my God. I can't wait to listen to this podcast back again. <laughs> I've taken notes. Um, okay. Let's talk about the moon. What are the themes of the moon? The moon. The moon has to be one of my favorites and the moon represents the inner self, the secret self. So whereas the sun is the outer expression, the moon would be the opposite to it. The moon is more comfortable in the dark. So it's that hidden dark side of us, the mysterious part. And it's also the emotional part too, because in society, we'd be less inclined to reveal our emotion than what we would our ego, which is another word for sun as well. Mm. But the moon is that secret hidden self, that emotional self, the, what plays around in the dark. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. I love that because my gate, it's gate six, but it actually belongs in the solar plexus and the solar plexus is our emotional center. <laughs> Booyah. Ah. I've got like double mooning it. Yeah, um, mooning. 
Yeah. So <laughs> it's in gate six and gate six is the gate of friction. Um, again, you know, high five human design for the not great names. But um, <laughs> what this is all about is it's actually like a, it's a wave that sort of moves open and closes to what they call intimacy. So um, gate six says that I have the natural ability to create intimacy fast in all sorts of relationships. However, what I need to be conscious of is that I don't just go, oh, look, I just I have to say yes and be in this relationship because I can create intimacy fast. It actually is more about, yes, I can do that. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean sexual intimacy. That means all sorts of intimacy, like um, in a business relationship, in a friendship. Um, but the, the key to gate six is listening to my authority and going, is this the correct relationship? Is this the correct intimacy to, to be with? So what do you reckon? What are your insights with that being in gate six, being in the moon? Look, I think there's a double edged, uh, sword to that particular placement with the moon being about hidden things that are hidden. And in a gate that represents friction, there could be a tendency for there to be an overload, I guess, of that energy, of that part. The moon is okay with being intimate as long as it's comfortable in that space of intimacy. Otherwise, she'll shy away. So you being a water sign as well, because I know you're a Pisces, so you've got that Pisces, that water sign energy. You've got a moon which governs emotions and water in an area of intimacy which is about emotion like it's all just one big emotion for you so i would imagine that that takes some diligence for you to be aware of oh my goodness do you know what just zoomed into my awareness was so as a kid i was never emotional i just shut that shit down yeah mm -hmm. you know and it's because i didn't have i didn't feel that safety i didn't feel emotionally safe um, my parents were awesome, don't get me wrong, but they were just not very emotional at all, um, not very tactile. So I was like just shut in my little um, self and very much like my emotions would would come out in, I don't know, the, the things that I would write, like I was allowed to write poetry or, um, you know, in my own imaginings, I was a very... Um, you know, very uh, had a huge imagination as a kid, and so that would be where that all that emotion, like like you say, below the surface, it was hidden. It wasn't for others to see. So cool, so cool. I wonder how that works now, though. Um, I'm just having a think about it. I suppose it's, if it's if it's my gate six and it's my moon, it's like, is there part of and get you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, is it something like are there still emotions? Do I want to check in that there's emotions that I'm still holding back or is it a way of going, um, am I not being fully um, open with the relationships that I do have? Like, do you reckon it's something like that? One of the wonderful things with, with the moon and with you being a Pisces um, and I guess with the gate of intimacy, there's heavy intuition there. So I think your intuition, and as we get older too, we mature more with our experiences and we can... Um, understand our feelings a bit better I think it's gone from maybe hiding and you know uh, not feeling safe so staying under the surface flipped over to your intuition guides you to know what emotion you're feeling it is safe it's okay and you know how to handle it or remedy the situation if it's yep. not working. 
Yeah. My God, you've absolutely nailed it. Cause now I've just completely got awareness of as a kid, right into my teenagers, I was emotionally shut down. But then probably from my late teens through my twenties and maybe even into my late thirties, like I was maybe the other way around to like too emotional. Um, and when I say too emotional, I mean, um, indulging in my emotions. Like I, I, I wouldn't necessarily feel them. Honestly, I would just indulge in them. Um, maybe as a, a way to actually feel then now I've totally balanced all of that out. Like now I don't have, like I definitely have emotional maturity and understanding my emotional wave. Cause I have definition in the solar plexus has been a massive guide for that. Like learning not to indulge in them, but not to suppress them and just, just letting them be has really created emotional clarity. And a hundred percent. Now I feel like my intuition is amped up. Like it's off the charts and you know, every day I'm trusting it more. Yeah, perfect. And you're using the the energy and the, all the uh, benefits of your other gates by the sound of it to mm. um, level out any kind of overcompensation that might be happening with another gate. And same works with astrology too. You can use the other energies yeah. to help reach some equilibrium with what might be out of balance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. Let's move on to Mercury. Tell Mercury. us a bit about Mercury. All right. The planet of the mind. Mercury is about thought, communication, uh, education. So how we absorb information. Uh, it's also, Mercury also governs commerce and siblings as well. He's a quick mover. So our thoughts are quick too. And we're currently in a Mercury retrograde period as well. Great. So Mercury, yeah, he, he's the mind guy. I love that. The mind guy. So my Mercury is in gate 19. Now, gate 19 is um, the gate of wanting. Again, I'm not really sure about the name, but we also call it the gate of the sensitive, okay? So these are people who are sensitive to other people's needs, sensitive to, definitely sensitive to the community's needs. These are also people who tend to be, um, you know, very um, communicative with animals, like I like have a real um, uh, rapport with animals. Um, how do you reckon that fits in with Mercury? If I if my, if I've got this energy of the this the sensitive of of being driven to um, support other people's needs to um, feel into perhaps into other people's needs, what's your feeling on that? Yeah, your communication is right up there. I think so. Whereas Mercury governs thought, logic, reason, communication, all those cerebral things, I see of those your strength being communication yeah you the way that you talk um to people or to me or even the way that you come across on video when you do your videos and the way that you write your communication is very much it's layman's terms it's on the level there's no fluff about it it's straight to the point you can see that there's care factor in it so communication mm. is a very strong point for you one of mercury's strengths showing itself for you in that gate oh my god you've nailed it nailed it so i've often had the feedback that i talk as i i write as i speak mm -hmm. um and i think yeah. you, that's absolutely it i'm always communicating from that place of the sensitive like i'm sensitive to what other people need they don't need me to be all um high and mighty or a wanker or a you know academic or any of those things like that's not serving anybody um yeah. Oh my God. That makes so much sense. I love that. Oh, this is fun. Okay. Tell us about Venus. 
arm, your Venus. No, I won't sing. Stop it, Emma. <laughs> she is the planet of... Now, Venus, the funny thing about Venus is she governs a couple of different qualities, areas and themes that don't necessarily connect dots, except for worth and value. So if we talk about things of worth that are tangible, money, possessions, assets, uh, and things, things of worth that are intangible, skills, talents, self-esteem, values, and beliefs. She governs over both of those areas. And funnily enough, she's the only female goddess that a planet is named after. All the rest are blokes. Mm. I have lots to say on that, but I'm not going to start on that now. <laughs> so do you know what's really interesting about this? I love it. Because mine's in gate 17, which is the gate of opinion, right? Okay. And this is all about having opinions, not being afraid to have your opinion, not being attached to your opinion as a truth. Um, now, I'm not so much attached. I don't, I don't resonate so much with being attached to my opinion as a truth, you know, maybe in the past. But the thing that really stands out is like honouring my opinions, like being able to say, um, valuing my opinions. You know, even human design is that perfect example. Like my opinion is that it can be done and taught better. And even to say that, like part of me inside is like, oh, my God, Emma, get back in your box, like back in your box chocolate. But what this gate 17 is and what I always teach is this is my opinion. This is how I put human design together. This is everything I've learned. I put it together with behavioral stuff. So, you know, so it works with the brain, not just energy. I put it together with quantum. And what I'm hearing, and I'd love your feedback, is that this is the stuff I have to value. I have to value it. It might just be an opinion. It might not be, you know, scientifically tested, um, even though it's pretty close. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, what's your opinion on that? Or what do you, can't help myself now. An what's your opinion? An additional, <laughs> an additional word to add to that regarding Venus and regarding your opinion, balanced. Mm. You value, yep, that's a great word. That's a very relative word, but balanced. Your opinion is balanced. You weigh it up. Mm. Not, uh, I don't, I've never ever seen anything come from you that's dogmatic. Mm -mm. I've never seen anything come from you that is under esteemed. Mm. It balanced. Yes. Say what you put forward in your speech, in your writing, and in the way that you present yourself. Yes. I see you're showing up for you. Oh, my God, I love that. Beautiful. Thank you, Venus. There should be more women in the crew, just saying. Anywho, uh, let's move on to Mars. Mars, the planet of war. But not so much war. Like, we need to move away from some of these arcane descriptions. Planet and Mars is very much masculine, whereas Venus is the feminine. So passive, receptive, intuitive, um, creative. Mars is more the action, drive, willpower. Sports are governed by Mars. Motivation, drive. Uh, Mars is the one, if you need some extra boost, Mars is the planet to give it to you. Yeah, right. This is freaking awesome because mine is in gate 60, which is the gate of acceptance. But again, that doesn't give too much away. But what it's about is this surge of energy that gets things started so that we can transcend our limitations. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's, it's in the right house. 
Well, yeah, like you couldn't ask for a bigger planet to be there really, could you? No, absolutely. And it's in human design, we, um, there's also, we've got circuitry channels and gates and the circuitry that it's in is in the individual circuitry. So it's all about empowerment. You know, again, it's this beautiful place to be um, first empowering self so that you can empower others. Like, yeah, great. Valuable. I love it. Okay, let's move on to Jupiter. Jupiter, he is the big fun guy of the sky. Jupiter is about expansion. So it's the largest planet in our solar system. So of course, and Jupiter is the equivalent to Zeus. So Jupiter is the Roman king of the gods. Big planet expansion. And he's also known as a learning planet as well along with Saturn, which we'll get to, Jupiter is a teacher and it governs the house of teacher. Higher education, personal development, journeys, whether they're inner journeys or outer journeys, and all of those worldly matters too. So law, religion, philosophy, politics, those things that are globally kind of covered, and spirituality as well. Yeah, so I'm going to freak you out just a moment here. Uh, So my Jupiter... Um, is in oh, gate 36, right? And this is called the gate of crisis. The best way I can actually um, describe this gate of crisis is it's basically the journey of the phoenix. It's like crisis happens, things fall apart, I go on this journey, I evolve and I become the new. Like I feel like they were, they were born to get, be together, right? That's incredible. Yeah. Like the journey planet in your journey gate and... Yeah redeveloping and re set far out that is pretty cool yeah exactly and it is very much it comes from this like emotional crisis so again it's this emotions are so big and learning to um what's the word i want i don't want work with them i resonate with them but like really to love and accept my emotions as they're they're meant to be as opposed to manipulating them like for many years i've either tried to shut them down or over invested in them so um i feel like this is again this it is about emotion and, and what can evolve from truthfully experiencing my my emotions most definitely look at and what we also need to consider too is because we've we've been on quite a really good positive high with regards to the planets in your gates but I, i'm imagining that um maybe some of your listeners or maybe some of your clients who have these similar ones or want to equate some of these planets to their gates i would say maybe because everything has its positive and negative even the planets are on their spectrum too the really great impact they can have and then the downside that they can have what i would equate a downside as i'm not saying this is yours but burnout might be one of the ones with Jupiter in that particular gate. So that's something to watch for. You're constantly going through that self-combustion, that constant Phoenix um, process. You could burn out. As well. Oh, my God. That is so gold. So gold. And I feel like it's, it's my story. It's almost like I definitely have those cycles of almost getting addicted to the growth. You know, like I'm so used to throwing myself at things and getting outside of my comfort zone. Um, that I actually don't know when to switch it off. So that totally, totally resonates. Like, and again, for someone, so in my design, I'm defined in the heart center, which is the will center, also called the will and the ego. And what this is all about is the willpower just to just to to go and go and go. But what happens with the will center is that we can build that muscle too much and just 
lean on it and then we end up literally just completely burning out. So it's very important that we learn to listen to it when it says it's now time to chill out, you know, Um, and I think that's just another message, like just being conscious that just because I can doesn't mean I have to all the time. I think that's one of my messages. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) P.S. Thanks, everyone, for being here all the way to the end of the podcast. I hope you got lots of value out of it. I certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Could I please ask that you share this podcast with friends if you found it valuable? And also, bonus points, could you leave a review for me as well on Apple? It would be greatly appreciated. If at any point you would like to be on the podcast or you've got questions that you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, by all means, get on my socials and DM me. Everything you need is there in the show notes. Have an awesome day. Bye for now.